Black Language Michi. I'm so popular, and today we are discussing a 30-second video clip that has changed the very nature of my heart with an extremely special guest. Who are you? Uh, I'm Logo Daedalus on the internet, otherwise known as Cam in reality. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. Uh, what are you doing? What do I do? I just read books and I talk about them, and uh, that's all I do. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Lovely. And why are you speaking to me? Uh, because you, you reached out to have me on. I'm assuming the connection was probably Jack, the perfume from the Perfume Nationalist. I feel like is like the the uh, overlapping segment no, of the like our audiences. Flesh. Yeah, yeah. Or like yeah, and then with that, probably like Red Scare type people too. Like I do have some inter like intersection with that. Oh, oh you have a cat. cat. Yeah, this is Lola. She's she's my little tiny cat. We've got the big cat too, Eugene, but he's he's somewhere else. Um, yeah, she's gonna sit right here. Oh, that's okay. so cute. I haven't recorded a um, video in a while, but that's my uh, absolute uh, favorite well, uh, quality is the entrance of animals into the podcast. But no, yeah, I think um, the connecting flesh is Jack. But moreover, I think you have um, a really magical touch in the algorithm because no matter what happens, you've always been appearing on my timeline as well as that of others, terrorizing the world with uh, yeah. Christine extremely uh, articulate and esoteric takes on literature that go into the deepest mechanisms of insanity and humanity. So I think you're definitely one of the great uh, posters and I'm very happy you're joining me. Um, so well, I take yeah, that. Thank you so I much. Think, yeah, thanks for that. Um, I, that's, that's one of the best ways anyone's described what I do, but thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't know why the algorithm does like me. I think, well, I do have a pretty large audience at this point that I've built up mm -hmm. like over a long time. But um, I think it's also because I have a really old account, like my account's from like 2012. So right. like, I think it gives preference to that, or at least it's like harder for me to like get banned and stuff, or at least I've noticed it has been. And um, yeah. also I just have such a wide range. I've cultivated so many different people from different audiences that like, it gets like, like I have people going into hysterics over shit I say for like weeks afterwards without me even like being aware of it. Cause uh, I have most of my notifications blocked and like, there's tons of people like quote tweeting or uh, screenshotting and stuff, but mm -hmm. uh, like every once in a while, someone will link me something and there'll be someone like freaking out about something I said like two months ago. And it's like, <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the extremely important qualities of the great poster is the uh, constant ability to piss off and derange the minds of others uh, with just your own presence. So you and um, I believe Amy Therese are two of my favorite. Yeah. Um, See, the thing is, is I'm so contrarian that like she's like she's like doesn't she like refuses to engage with me anymore after like mm -hmm. we had a debate about China. Yes, that, a, that five stream. hour debate, which I've watched. It was every so second fucking. <laughs> off. I've I've like sworn off of doing these things. I was like, I'll try these out for a bit, but it's such a waste of fucking time because literally nobody has any idea what they're talking about, like on anything. Like, we were supposed to talk oh, about yeah. China, and I was like, can we talk about China? Like, I've been reading about China for fucking ever now. Like, I'm, I'm in deep on China, and it's just like, no, I guess we can't. <laughs> that was basically the debate. Yeah, no, it was like the, that video is really magical to me, because it's like the realization of all of this uh, Twitter posting in physical form. So I was... um deeply obsessed with the video which feels like haunted and ghostly but yeah um, so other connecting flesh between us is that you're a frequent appearance on one of my favorite podcasts uh, which i've also joined ghost jail 
Oh, hell yeah. I love Birdo. I love all those guys. They're doing like some of the only like interesting art, I think, in the podcast space. Like I would consider it like uh, at the level of art, like it'll still be good like five years from now. Like there'll be, I believe there'll be like teenagers or whatever discovering ghost gel episodes in like the 2030s and being like, wow, look at this fucking find. Like this shit's fire. That is, that's like what I care about is uh, stuff like that. Absolutely. No, and I feel like it has um, a similar quality, actually, to your novel, Selfie Suicide, which I just <laughs> read this week. I feel like there's um, a very like similar approach to depicting reality and encapsulating it in a sort of absurd satire there. So I uh, I think that there's definitely like special art coming out of uh, this bizarre internet pocket. So yeah, there there's it comes in waves. Like there's been like times where it's been a lot stronger artistically, and then it sort mm-hmm. of like falls out. Like it's sort of um I mean pretty much everything in America or like the West you could even say is timed around the electoral cycle because that's like the great artwork that everyone's involved in every year is like yeah this stuff. So I feel like it kind of like ratchets up and then goes. It it has like the same sort of um cycle yeah which is um wonderful because i mean like uh ghost show happened like what completely removed from the election after it's all happened and um i mean obviously it's political in its own way but the the manifestation of will that these men are putting together and uh, this kind of cry of agony that uh resounds throughout like all the episodes is like so primordial i find that i'm just really yeah. emotionally obsessed with it my, I mean, my favorite aspect of it is just, like, uh, me and Fall staff were just having, like, dueling poetic monologues at, like, different things where we would take two sides of the same sort of theme. And uh, he was my, like, one of my top five favorite posters. Like, I'm mm-hmm. so, I still keep in contact with him because we have, like, very similar interests. And he even shows up on my podcast. But uh, I miss his uh, post on the timeline. He, he had the similar uh, ability to, like, drive almost everyone insane. It was great. Yeah, it's like you, Amy, Therese, and Jack are, are probably three of the like, strongest. And then there's, of course, uh, ones that do it, I think, out of bad faith. Um, like, stuff like Radfem Hitler or whatever that I just don't want. Oh, my God. <laughs> that stuff is so funny to me because I saw that shit, like, coming a long time ago. That, like, mm-hmm. the triumph of, like, this form of the, uh, of, like, whatever you call it, like, rightism, ultra-rightism. It's, they're really all liberals. Like, that's the funniest thing is when you, like, get down to it. They're all just, like we have to defend liberalism like Mm. they don't mean they don't they won't say it this outrightly but they just want to defend like pretty much all of the institutions that still exist and if they want to reform them they want to turn them into like how they were 50 years ago they don't Mm. really have any sort of vision beyond that so they're like very uh they end up being very boring at the end of the day most of the time yeah absolutely so you got like rad so bland and it's like (laughs) and it's like this is just like hillary clinton like like there's no difference (laughs) Like, this is like if Hillary Clinton had a private account, it would be like this. You know what I mean? Oh, like Absolutely. I would love to see Hillary's private account manifest as like... You know Hillary's Hitler. into some, like, Kali Yuga accelerationist shit. Like, Hillary's, like, into all this weird, like, fucking shit. She's into UFOs. She's into all that stuff. So, oh, yeah. Like, there, there's, Hillary Clinton definitely has opinions about, like, the racial composition of Atlantis. i guarantee you no totally i believe it she has that look in her eye i've always found her really charming because uh she has the kind of the the white space in her eyes where something is always happening so i I always imagine drama behind the woman she's a great spy she's like a class she was like a more of like a femme fatale like in her youth than she is now obviously that she's like an old crone but um 
Like, that was her job back in the day. Like, she was a Goldwater girl, and she went and, like, spied on, like, the leftist, like, uh, developments on campuses. That was yeah. her job. So um, now she's, like, uh, she's, like, really the sort of conservative figure, you could say, right? Like, she was sort of the right-wing figure, I think, in the 2016 election. Like, Trump was really more of, like, uh, like he was an embarrassment to the, the elite in this country. Like, he, he was a... Uh, he, he wasn't um, actually elite. Like, he, he presents himself as elite, but he's really considered, like, the white mm-hmm. trash billionaire. So that's, like, in a way, uh, I would say he was definitely uh, more on the progressive end. Also, like, I think Hillary Clinton is probably closer to being, like, when people use the term racist, like, she's definitely closer to being, like, an actual racist than Trump was, easily. So yeah, I think, so it's like, so, it, like, the perfection of all this is, like, when the uh like rad femme hitlers of the world uh become like when they realize that their will to power is actually most effectively utilized by in like being like an aoc type person like if you're if you're just like a sociopath woman and you want to just like have managerial control over a bunch of people that you can like gaslight like move around or whatever Mm -hmm. then you want to go you want to be a social democrat like that's the best place for you to be a sociopath yeah well i mean i think that there's a um soon to be a really fascinating like aesthetic edge to all of these uh, psycho liberals and like the rad femme hitlers like i feel like eventually like they're going to naturally like slip into like their david bowie like thin white duke like sense of like conservatism i'm, I'm imagining a pete Buttigieg with like a sonnenrand behind him yeah exactly you know? like yeah 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 i feel like eventually we're gonna get there but for now it's just you know painfully awkward but um the other piece of connecting flesh between us that i think is maybe most important is um our shared Orientalism and uh, a love for Sono Xion. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, I definitely, um, you, you said it the right way. I would have said Xion Sono because I always do that wrong, but you're in Japan, so you know better. Um, I had to grill it into my head, honestly, after reading. And the, I mean, he puts his name in uh, Romaji with an S-I, which is so infuriating to my eye as well. So I was like reading him as like, Sion is like for like months before I started learning yeah. Japanese, but yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm. I haven't watched all of his movies because Lord knows the man is so productive. Oh yeah, like it's truly amazing. Like you, you look at like American directors and like how much stuff they put out, and it's like, yeah, Shion Sono put out like five movie this movies this year, and it's like, holy mm-hmm. crap! And then he's doing all these like miniseries and stuff too. He's, yeah, he's always making stuff, and it's all different genres. He's kind of kind of like a John Carpenter in that way, where mm-hmm. he can make like a kind of like um like a horror movie a kind of like schlocky horror movie in some ways and then you can make like a like a coming of age film like a low fantasy type thing and right then, and then you can make like a four hour like really my my fandom is mostly for love exposure which i think mm-hmm. is just like such a fucking great movie oh yeah i mean love exposure is so special and incredible and uh it's like one of the demanding summations of his entire like artistic output and then it happens like midway through his career it's like so magical to me but yeah um so these are kind of the things that we have in common and i'm glad that we have a platform to to go from yeah because uh, this is gonna get continually more esoteric and bizarre as we go on i mean we're already we're already there like i think that's part (laughs) of the real thing is that we both have a penchant for the esoteric and the bizarre right yeah like so that's that's a huge tent right there in some ways because there's yeah. tons of stuff that's esoteric and bizarre. And I wanted to ask you five questions that I don't think you've ever been asked before. On a Hell yes. I hope so. Is, I hope so. Um, so I'm going to ask you <laughs> these five questions I've curated. And I'm very excited about the first one is uh, neon Genesis Evangelion delicious or degenerate. 
Oh, uh, that's complicated. I think it's a really good, like, it's a good work of art. Like, I side more with, like, the man who, cr- fuck, with it, Hideki Anno. Anno Hideki? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Am no. I doing it right or wrong? You got it um, right the second yeah, time. Okay, perfect. okay. Um, <laughs> I think he's, like, a great artist. You know, um, I really do. Like, I, I think that his vision, and that's great. I think that he, part of, like, the artwork itself, though, is his own hatred of the people who like it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So it's sort of like, oh, yeah. I like NGE, but I, like, hate the people who, like, make it it's sort of like serial experiments lane i feel the same way like i love that show but i mostly hate what what people have taken from it because i think people misunderstand both of those shows in like the same way if you know what i Mm -hmm. mean okay this is that's a good answer um i obviously am deeply obsessed with ava and uh I I feel like you're right like he really does um especially with the original series like he has like a hatred for the audience but um with the rebuild franchise that he just concluded this year I feel like he's uh, manifested a lot of those feelings like into an overall um, depiction of like the pain of uh, love, and has, as the Dosh has said in a, a famous tweet with you, I think it's about, I think it's about how hard it is to love. So I, um, I think that. Oh, is that the one where of... I called her? Um, fuck, for, I forget which one. I forget which one of them. I forget the names of all the characters now. I should know better. I'm not a real fan because I don't. Oh, it's Asuka and Ray, right? I think I called <laughs> yeah, her Asuka. And Ray. Yeah, that she was like an Asuka. She is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone, every girl wants to say that they're Misato, obviously, but, you know, the answer is typically that they're a little screaming See, Asuka, what no I think who you are. <laughs> what I think is the funniest thing is I saw some meme, um, like, it was a transgender meme or something about how, like, all uh, trans dudes are start out are as um, as uh, Shinji, and then they become Misato. That, like, oh, that nice. is what that, that, that's what the real arc is. Yeah, especially with, like, the room plastered, like, in beer cans and garbage. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Okay, great. Like a pet penguin, uh, <laughs> you know? Stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, my next question, um, which I don't know if you have an answer for, but I'm going to ask anyway, is uh, Dune 2021 or Dune 1984? I haven't watched the new one yet. I like Dennis Villeneuve. I don't think it's going to... I don't, I'm don't. i not a huge fan of Dune, like, as a book series, like I read them okay. a long time ago, but I did like... Uh, david lynch's adaptation and frankly i think the best adaptation is just like uh what ended up happening with joe Dorowski's version of dune which is that it just turned into like his comic book career which is mm-hmm. one of like the greatest careers in graphic novels ever is like his work in like the meta barons and and all that which is all based off of like what he was going to do with uh, the dune franchise right and I, I am always obsessed with the idea of um a piece of art not being able to successfully be created and so like only the the plan of it exists or like the idea of it yeah it's like kind of like literary or like kind of like gaming in a way where like the experience doesn't exist until like you engage with it so i like the idea that it's just like that loose documentary that's all we have well that's not all that's not all that exists actually because they have all the storyboards and i believe this has been printed as a graphic novel itself because what is a storyboard if not a graphic novel you know so it, it got to that point, which is why it then he de- he then was like, okay, I can just make these storyboards. Why the fuck do I have to film anything? And that's when he started yeah. making comic books and stuff. And I was like, fantastic. Like, yeah, that's the best way to use the medium. Absolutely. Beautiful. Okay, my next question is uh, Meiji era or Showa era? I don't have a strong enough opinion on that uh, uh, at all. Like, um, I really don't. I, I don't. Uh, I'm not as a... Uh, as deeply versed in uh, Japanese history to have strong opinions on that. I'm the, the Japanese stuff I mostly know is um, more, more recent, like probably uh-huh. like uh, late 19th century to contemporary times. But um, 
I don't know that much about like older Japanese history. Okay, cute. Yeah, I think Meiji ended um a little bit before like the the twentieth century began, and then um, Showa ended like in the eighties, I think. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, it was uh, the the World War Two mm. or the uh, the Meiji Restoration of them creating the country. So I've always been um really into <laughs> into Showa for the frightening uh fascism and uh onslaught of japanese will against the world <laughs> yeah yeah i think uh i mean the time i both i know more about right is just like the post-war era and stuff like that really like my i think we're all like as americans like innately mm-hmm. interested in japan because japan is like our little child in the same way that korea is being yeah. acknowledged that way right now like korea is slowly coming like south korea has become more and more like a part of america over uh the last like 10 years especially yeah which is why the sudden influx of korean art is yeah 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 but they were also first they were like kind of like a test subject for like the media ecology we have now because like they had like starcraft like pro gaming stuff like Mm -hmm. way before we did like i remember watching like starcraft games uh late at night on like korean streams or whatever and it was like before esports became like as big as it is now and things like that. Mm-hmm. So like they really were like already living in the future and uh, of, of the American future in a way. And then it comes yeah. back to us. So and it's like they, they like I mean, I really enjoyed Squid Game. So and uh, South Korean movies were like the cool thing to watch for like the last 10 years even. Right. They kept they made all the great like kind of like gritty gangster movies that we used to make. And then yeah, we started adapting hands like um economic bubble popped and of course like we're living in like the fallout of it now uh, the cultural eye like runs away to korea which is uh producing the microchips or like whatever so um and they also like created the blueprint of what pop music looks like in the west now with like the extremely like squeaky like manufactured uh sort of like 80s nostalgia like through a uh, tumblr gif basically so the feedback loop is getting stronger so i'm uh, excited to see where this goes with our bizarre yeah relationship it's with definitely Korea. accelerating and that has everything to do with uh the the importance of china and the sort of changes in our relationship with china over the last uh like from probably the obama administration to now especially mm-hmm. so that's like yeah it's gonna get more and more more and more of that and uh like we'll probably have like a Korean or Japanese president in our lifetime, like a Korean American or Japanese American president. Oh, that's or a, like a Taiwanese a one or a Taiwanese one. That would have been Andrew Yang. He would have been a Taiwanese American president. So, okay, great. So my last question that's extremely fitting is uh, white people or Asian people? <laughs> I don't. What are white people? White people is too question. big, but so is Asian people's too big. Most people are Asian in the world. So mm-hmm. I feel like if you like the world, then you'd have to pick Asians because that's the majority. Yeah, because that's the majority.
Sorry for the wait. I'm back. No worries. Cool. I'm just checking my fucking mentions again. Always hell. Nice. Is it was it is it exploding again? It's always exploding. What was the take this morning? It was um what Ron Paul is uh, closer to Marx than. Bernie, Bernie Sanders, Sanders was? Oh, that's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say this all the oh, time. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I think that's completely correct. <laughs> Literally, like, especially on foreign policy, but foreign policy is the most important policy, which is what all of these people always forget, is that you can mm-hmm. tell everything about how someone will treat, like, the internal policies by what they consider to be their foreign policy, right? So if they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, we're just going to go subjugate these people, just, like, you know, do whatever we want with them, it's like, oh, that's what you're going to do to me here. It's the same thing. Yeah. No, I, um... I read Capital for the first time last year. Like, I sat down and read all of it, which, I mean, is almost, like, worthless because I have so little, like, theoretical training that, I mean, it was, like, mostly just... There's not really much a point of reading it, like, in isolation. And also, like, (laughs) if you read, like, through volumes two and three, and then you read later, like, what Engels is saying about that, all he does for, like, the rest of his life, basically, uh, is uh, try to, like, counter... The, all the people who are like taking Capital One as like the, the definitive statement of political economy mm-hmm. and uh, he's like saying like how it's only applicable to like certain to, like a very to like the moment that they were writing really and uh, like there's all these developments in the economy that they didn't necessarily see coming uh, especially like the development of like the stock market as uh, you know, the major all these other sorts of things so like that's like people have like a very limited context of understanding these things and like just stripping them kind of willy-nilly out of outside of like a more holistic uh like historical understanding is a part of why uh reading marx isn't that radical it doesn't seem to radicalize people in a kind of real way i mean uh, oh absolutely and uh most people don't even read it and they can pass off like they have or haven't and no one can write a difference yeah, for me, like, uh, because I, like, was so, like, theoretically untrained, it basically was just, like, uh, an aesthetic experience only. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, like, qualifying it as, like, oh, this is, like, the greatest detective novel ever written. Like, it's, a uh, there's, like, a good, like, narrative thrust to it. It feels like, uh, one man in a battle trying to unearth a great evil and something. So, like, there's, yeah. like, a... There's definitely, like, a good element there, um, that kind of goes beyond the theory, which is, like, what all of my, like, favorite, uh leftist writers have been able to do as well as turn themselves into artists as well as uh you know cultural figures so i think that you have to like if you don't then you're not even following it you're not doing it right like that's the whole point like the point of like the revolution is that it's sort of like this Mm -hmm. like aesthetic restructuring of the world like it's like creating an artwork so powerful that it like actually the world turns into it you know Mm mm-hmm Oh, beautiful. I'll probably leave that in somewhere. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll get into the video. So I will lead us in and introduce this uh, bizarre project. Um, well, now that we have established um, a mutual platform of uh, esotericism, and me being with one of the most uh, practiced Twitter users in the art of diving so deep into your own perspective and your own heart that uh, it becomes a a piece of art in itself. We're going to do the same with a 30-second video clip that has changed me forever. Um, This has no title. It was uh, published only under a by some gay man named uh, A2.0 with 11,000 Twitter followers from Osaka um, under the heading Minogashita Kata no Tameni Part 2 Doga, which means um, for those who haven't seen Part 2 video. Um, and this is a clip from one of my favorite variety shows, like Getsuyo Kara Yofukashi, which is uh, the 
Sunday late or the Monday late show. And I'm curious what you thought of these 30 seconds I uh, shared with you of glistening light and beauty. It reminds uh, a lot of Japanese TV, like the way that it's framed and stuff reminds me a lot of um, like an early, like kind of like the 2000s in mm-hmm. a, in a, the, like a, uh, it's see, it's like very uh, kind of naive almost, or um, mm-hmm. I don't know how to put it. It's like very uh, uh, blatantly like schlocky and like the way that they uh, just like have all the like all these like texts and like like the little uh, like people commentators in the corners inside their like customized like it's kind of closer to like the way a Twitch stream works too. Uh, whereas like our kind of like mainstream reality TV and variety shows are very uh, boring looking. I don't, you know what right. I mean. Like, it, it's very, uh, like, 2000s maximalism to me. Like, I feel like Paris Hilton could turn the corner in this clip at any point. Or, like, it's kind of like Girls Gone Wildy in a way, also. Absolutely. You know? That's, I'm really, okay, now I'm even more glad that I asked you on, because uh, those aesthetic qualities are part of, like, what like, drives my obsession with this, like, little clip. But, yeah, like, Japanese reality TV has absolutely that kind of, absurd frame on top of everything going on with countless people in corners reacting and screaming over what's being conducted in front of you as walls of text are constantly on display and moving and changing sound effects everywhere like the the laughter of an invisible audience and pressing like upon the video so yeah yeah i'm, I'm glad you saw all yeah, of that yeah, and yeah. Just the, the first like, impression fuck what's that stuff the the game it's like the pseudo gambling game with the pit, the balls that fall through what's the name of that Pachinko? Um, pachinko. Oh yeah, pachinko. It's like the sound yeah, of like a pachinko of like pachinko, like ding 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 ding. Everything just like fucking go up, like it's like a very uh, arcade. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you on that. I feel you. It's uh like a more of like an arcade. We don't have arcades anymore, right? But uh, they right. never got rid of them in Japan. Like they hold on to that sort of uh, tech carnival esque. Yeah, absolutely. The Technopolis, like the Yellow Magic Orchestra, Technopolis, like Tokyo Voice as you walk by it. So absolutely, all all perfect. Uh, perfect observations on the video so far um yeah we don't we don't have any cities we don't have any cities in america that feel like you're inside a pinball game you know right but like that's sort of the idea Mm -hmm. of like have you been to japan before no i really want to go i've been meaning to go i mean obviously it's harder to do now but uh i have a lot of friends there uh like my wife has a lot of friends there too Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah we've been meaning to go like she's been a bunch of times uh but i haven't i haven't gone yet i've been like we are definitely going to 100 percent plan to yeah, absolutely. I, I am excited for your Tokyo debut, but... Um, oh my god, I'm sure I'm gonna think... love it. That's the problem, is like, that's what my wife says. She's like, if we go to Japan, like, you'll want to move uh-huh. there. And I feel that way probably, like, I don't know, I, I, it seems like it'd be cool. I kind of like the idea of being, like, um, being, a, 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 like, expat to some degree, but I don't think I could ever do it. I think I'll, I'll die in America. I mean, it's way easier than you imagine, honestly, and I, um... I love being an expatriate as well. I find it to be like a, an, a point of artistic access for me and like how I like become Henry Miller in my own right and am able to like take my art and what I do seriously because when you're abstracted out of your nationality and like kind of uh, left as the outsider, it uh, pushes a lot of like uh, self-criticism on yourself and uh, more awareness of your own yeah. being in a special way. Yeah, that's like James Joyce, right? He had to he had to leave Dublin to like immortalize it in his time, you mm-hmm. know. That's uh that seems like a pretty common thing. I mean, I've done the same, but I do it kind of for like my my uh, New England, where it's like mm-hmm. New England is like really like my I'm such a fucking New Englander in like almost always. 
but I'm like I've been on a I've been away but I'm always on like I'm the I'm the, I'm the opposite coast now so mm-hmm. uh, but I, I kind of keep it with me and I kind of like having it with me than being in it if because like when I go back I'm like I remember why I left so I'm sure right. you probably feel that way like in, to some degree like if you've come have you come back to America since you've been living there I haven't been here or back to America in three years so yeah that's how that's how it is for pretty much everyone i know who's like the expatted or however you want to put it out there to like a lot of people like you know college grads that go teach english Mm -hmm. or whatever but then it's like it's a pretty good gig i mean it's better than what you can pretty much do here so oh yeah honestly i mean um i I, there's absolutely no reason if you can like handle the work of like teaching and like being like the aot or whatever um it pays well you can like make a life for yourself here really easily um so there's like no reason not to but i want to ask why do you think i'm so moved by this video i mean we've only spoken for a half hour but well i saw you i saw i I was scrolling through your uh timeline today and i saw you Mm -hmm. talking about mishima and uh sun and steel as being like um like or sort of like uh i guess countering the the way it's been taken up by uh the uh the fringe right guys because they they mm-hmm. they try to like downplay the, like the super gayness of mishima like not not like in the pejorative sense but like the homoeroticism or like the hyper homoeroticism of it and uh that clip seems like you know he, he looked the guy almost looks like mishima right yeah sure absolutely yeah he totally does i mean uh when it comes to like uh the right-wing perception of Mishima. I've been talking about this endlessly on my show, and uh, Jack is also one of the few people who is uh, brave with me on my mission to uh, gatekeep him from people who willingly misunderstand and misrepresent him, but I've read the most heinous takes that, like, uh, the thrust of his career is, like, him defeating his own homosexuality, where I believe it is uh, oh, no, precisely not at all. the opposite. <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. That makes... Yeah. That's so dumb. Who said that? Oh, oh God, some, some that's Twitter so user... I the the tweet made me so angry and it had like a little like Wojak edited Mishima in it and it made me so furious that I like wanted to burn every copy of Mishima because I didn't think the world like deserved him. It's like so sad to me because he's such a great like writer. Like he's mm-hmm. really and like not in like a like oh he agrees with my takes or something like the way that sure, people yeah. are. But like I just like love like Spring Snow like the Sound of Waves like uh the, mm-hmm. like his all his he just has like a really good knack for description and and uh writing characters in a very sort of like minimalist fashion and he gets it mostly from like reading a ton of dostoevsky so like i Mm -hmm. feel like it's like kind of like a continue continuation of some of the like uh like the structures and strategies of uh, russian literature and with Mm -hmm. like some of the aspects of like the magic realism you could say uh that uh was in this very same literature you know like he's kind of like dostoevsky to me yeah i mean yeah, that's a wonderful comparison, I think, actually. Like, um, I I think that he really did, like, love the uh, extreme, like, psychic ability of, like, the Russian writers to so powerfully, like, go through character and make them, um, like, real in the most, uh, I don't want to say, like, minimalist, but in in ways that are, like, more primordial than, like, to kind of instructed upon you. So, especially with, like, the two examples you list, like, Spring Snow and... Uh, the Sound of Waves, like, those two are, the novels are really, like, moving implementation of, like, the Russian idea to create emotion in such a, a different way than you'd ever expect, and uh, no author has recaptured it for me since then. Oh, man. Well, I could give you some really good, uh, like, Golden Age Russian literature that's a lot like that. Like, um, 
man because like that's like i love that shit man i'm a sucker for mm-hmm. like 19th century aristocratic novels of like where it's mm-hmm. like dudes uh reading like the first waves of hegelian philosophy and like going sort of insane and like having duels with each other like i love that shit like that yeah. is that's my vibe i love that stuff uh like there's a that, that's like the best part of russian literature is like that is a, is all that like the higher stakes and like they have like you know the collapse of the old the old like you know the ancient regime and like the, these like hyper revolutionary like almost nihilistic forces at the same time it's mm-hmm. not really something we experienced in America because like we were like that we went like the sort of bourgeois like middle road and like that's how we've been from like the from like the revolution even so it's like we never had that same sort of struggle because we don't have like an ACN regime in America well we do now but we didn't a while ago yeah so it's like so now yeah. we'll have like our uh, manifestation of a uh, Russian power like in our literature in like 20 years from now well, I feel like it's actually like we're getting to the point where it's like you could write something more like that now. Uh, I mean, I was even thinking about like succession is kind of like a Chekhov in a way where it's like you have all these like these sort of like out of touch, like bourgeois people like trying to like it's so great. Like like Kendall is almost like like one of like the liberal characters in like a Chekhov mm-hmm. play or something. Um, so I feel like we're, like because we do have that sort of ancient regime. But what they are is like they're like the philanthropists like ngo class and they're all yeah. like they're all like want to be seen as being revolutionary which is like a very funny thing about ours which isn't the case like we don't like if we have like a like hold on to like tradition thing that's actually a very like subaltern position that's like a very uh um that's uh that's like uh, very much looked down upon you want to be hyper progressive that's like the high prestige elite thing to be right yeah well um, now that we uh, have uh, sort of this idea of uh, what makes it interesting, now I have to explain to you like what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Video. What the fuck are they asking him? Like, what's being said? Yeah, and this is where the video actually like transcends because I mean the the initial visual touch is really lovely. We have um, a, a clearly like very uh, beautifully constructed man on the beach um, discussing with some uh, TV presenters something or other, and he's wearing nothing but a green speedo and is a uh, slathered in tanning oil completely um and the video begins with uh some of these uh camera crew like noticing this man you might be able to understand what's going on just from that so far because he says i love roshan this oh okay <laughs> that one might be uh, somewhat self-explanatory but this is uh where the video begins uh to take on a, an illustrious quality for me. So we have uh, him at the beach slathered in uh, this sun tanning lotion that's uh, making him stand out like a beautiful marble statue. And he um, does my favorite thing that occurs in any Japanese art, which is uh, the implementation of English. I love Roshan this, which is like uh, the perfect combination of him using uh loan words and then just straight up english to say something really pointless and uh charming and i've been talking about this a lot recently when i was talking about like ono hideaki's um shin godzilla and uh, some other japanese art of when uh they have people speaking english in them and it's uh, completely disastrous and like malfunctioning and how that actually is like truer and more accurate to the american spirit than if they had someone speaking english perfectly yeah yeah that does make sense i, I saw some uh some videos like a guy who does um 
on YouTube, like Japanese pronunciation and like Japanese language learning videos or whatever, but he had some like mm -hmm. meme videos where it was like Japanese speakers in like 20 years. And it was like every other word was like an oh, English yeah. word. Um, and uh, a lot of it is like kind of like corporate jargon has like in like English corporate jargon, like, like, <laughs> like we'll be hearing like Japanese people saying like circle back and touch base very soon. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, this, uh, these two sentences already encapsulate like so much uh, that's going on in the world because if you had um if you had read that sentence to a japanese person like in 1935 or something even like 1942 or something that it would mean nothing yeah that's true i mean that's true of most like tons of sentences we have now like we have whole verbs and things for a whole world that doesn't did only exist in like the last like 30 years i mean internet slang in general is like mm -hmm. super crazy if you try to like imagine like explaining any like hyper dense internet vernacular to someone from even like 2010 or something they'd be yeah. like what the fuck is going on in the future no, like totally. oh donald I mean... trump was president you know you'll, you'll get there <laughs> <laughs> you'll get there yeah it's like uh in this like these two sentences like we have the death of the emperor like the the Japanese uh, intrusion upon, uh, or the American intrusion upon Japanese culture and language, and you see, like, not only, uh, you know, something kind of, like, cute and charming and, like, what I think is a, a, a little, like, sweet, but uh, you see, like, a whole country's, like, language and psyche beginning to, like, take a linguistic root inside the populace of these people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's, a, that's the first touch here, right? Yeah. And then um, what we go on to, his senryu. Do you know what a senryu is? No. Okay, it's like a haiku. Um, oh, and right. Yeah, yeah. It's like a haiku, but haiku is usually concerned uh, with, like, observable nature and then, like, finding something intangible from that. Whereas um, senryu is more about... Uh, like the lives of uh, people it's unnatural it, it's um it's more about like society or like uh man-made products in a way um mm -hmm. and it's uh, usually like humorous or something like uh kind of uh there's like a twist or like it's like a limerick in some ways as well yeah 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 it's like yeah 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 i i i'm i used to, i was more into japanese poetry i knew you like you reminded like you, it, it felt like i knew that word but um yeah so it's kind of a what did i compare it to um yeah, they're sort of closer to, like, the way couplets or, like, heroic couplets and mm -hmm. things like that work, where uh, it's hard to use them in, like, a very serious manner, but they yeah. are, like, observations of the social world and not really so much the uh, internal psyche either. Um, but, yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, absolutely. And, see, once again, it's, like, we have uh, great masses of culture, like, colliding here, uh, where this man, like, slathered in sun tanning lotion, uh, having just implemented the American phantom that hovers over Japan, is uh, now about to recite uh, a uh, senryu that's asked of him by the, uh, by the TV presenters. Um, this segment, as it turns out, is uh, beachy senryu. So they, they go to the beach, and they ask people to uh, compose like, humorous little limericks for, yeah. <laughs> for them on TV. And uh, something about this show is that... Um, the kind of main conceit of it is uh, you might want to take a peek or you might not want to. And they interview people around Japan uh, who are like kind of uh, 
I mean, conducting their day normally, but there's, like, something, like, off or, like, wrong about it. Like, there's a, something a little, like, vulgar to it. And they show it every Sunday. Um, and uh, I, I like the idea of this, uh, of this uh, show happening and everybody kind of, like, uh, wondering if, like, what they're looking at is, like, the real Japan or not. And that, that kind of energy that goes on on a regular old um variety tv show mm. so the two hosts here um who are in the corners is uh murakami shingo and uh, matsuko deluxe uh and matsuko deluxe is probably the person people are most familiar with have you heard of her before no 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 <laughs> no i'm not that plugged in to uh, i wouldn't know that <laughs> <laughs> so she's a drag queen um but she is a uh, tv presenter and commentator and she has been on um, like TV for like 15 years and has been accepted like by the the Japanese populace as like um, a completely uh, okay uh, figure. Like there's like no cultural hangups about her. Um, they play her clips at my gym um, all the time of like her doing like food critique. Um, she's used endlessly in like marketing and advertising. She's, she's like the Japanese RuPaul or something. I mean, kind you of? could say you could say something like that, um, but she's also like kind of anti glamorous. Like, um, you know, RuPaul has like that yeah, yeah, yeah. really practiced like black Barbie image kind of thing going on, whereas like uh, Matsuko is like very fat. And, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. I can. I've only seen the face in the corner of this clip, but I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Inside the lips, just the the face of this uh, enormous drag queen. Um, and she, like, doesn't do, like, uh, exciting wigs or anything. She wears, like, uh, normal clothes and, like, just, like, puts her hair up in the same way every time. So, um, I think that's also magical. It's, like, we have uh, a drag queen in Japan, one of the most transgressive things in the world, in, in my opinion, um, who is elevated to a uh, cultural commentary position. And she does a show about things you might want to be looking at or might not want to. And... Uh, what they have is, like, them going through this uh, ancient poetry with this uh, man on the beach. So we've gotten that far so far. In the 10 seconds of this video, yeah, yeah. we have unpacked that much. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. Is it really that? Is it really in Japan, though? Is it really? Mm -hmm. Like, they have a much longer, like, tradition of that, though. Or sure. I, so is it, like, as, like, I don't really know. Like, I, I sort of, um on that issue, it's like, how mm -hmm. trend like at one at one time at like what some point people like argue that there's this like long historical continuity of this and that it's like not mm -hmm. really that culturally weird or or it's kind of like a human universal almost that like this crops mm -hmm. up in like pretty much every culture to some degree yeah. uh so it's like i don't really know if it's like like putting it like put anytime someone's like talking about something being transgressive to me that seems mm -hmm. just like marketing where it's just oh, like yeah. you know so it's like, because to me, it's just like, yeah, you know, that's like something that that's like a thing that exists in humanity. Like that mm -hmm. always has. Like, it's not really like this grand revelation that we've uh, undergone in the last like 10 years or something. Yeah, I think that the impulse that uh, the transgressive or whatever is usually a marketing um, point yeah. is absolutely correct. Um, and I, I'm not sure if you're like into Foucault or not. I know people aren't, but like in the like, history of sexuality, like when he, uh, yeah, mama, when he, uh, when he talks about like how sexual urges haven't like ever been like truly, um, you know, censored or like held back, but rather have just filtered into uh, different systems of how we conduct language and like how we organize ourselves sexually, like. Um, I think that's, you know, correct that uh, the urge to cross-dress has been in, in every culture, like, basically, um, and just, like, how it's been 
uh, filtered and marketed as time like, goes on and like what it's sort of seeped into is the only thing that's changed. And um, the reason that I think it is, um, you know, transgressive or at least like against the norm in, in this country is that um, gender identity, <laughs> oh, what a delightful phrase, is like really regulated in this country. And Do you think so? Ex- oh, yeah, absolutely. I really, I, I, I don't know if it's like, because I'm from like the Northeast and I'm from like, uh, like, which is probably like pretty, I don't know, it's like pretty progressive i guess mm-hmm. but like we had a you know we had like trans kids we had gay kids like we had like some of the most popular kids were like you know like the gays and lesbians like no one really cared and like no one really like, right i never really felt like there was this strong policing of like masculinity or anything or like femininity in uh mm-hmm. in like how i grew up uh and uh i didn't like no one really like I just like uh, maybe that's true in like some communities that mm-hmm. I like and that I didn't grow up in. Like I can imagine it's probably different if you like grew up in Kansas or something. Like you know sure. whatever. But like where I grew up, it's sort of like by uh, like uh, in Western Mass. There's a big hub of like liberal arts colleges. So like it's really like it, I I I always have to like ask like really like do you feel it? Because like I I never felt that way. Oh, I mean, I, when I was, a uh, I was, like, in rural Oregon, like, in the mountains when I was, like, growing up, and I honestly, like, uh, I mean, I encountered some problems in junior high school, it's like, everyone should and does, like, obviously, like, yeah. everyone bullies each other and, like, conducts a, like, battle royale, like, in, in a smaller scale, basically, in, in junior high school, but in high school, it was, like, absolutely no problem, like, whatsoever, um, however, I think in, in this country, there's a lot more focus and uh specific like parameters on like how a gender is constructed and i think it's it's beginning to like kind of break apart under the social pressure but um up until this point i find that people do have a lot more like reliance and uh familiarity like with uh stereotypes of gender that they exist in which i find delightful honestly like i really like having a clear social roles for people um firstly because um you're a formalist Right, yeah. exactly. And it inspires, like, a lot of, uh, like, it, it inspires, like, a lot of, like, erotic realization when you see, like, the ancient, like, sexual, like, persona that have been otherwise in the world, like, filtered out and kind of, like, broken into smaller pieces. When you see, actually, like, someone reaching for the masculine ideal or, like, the, the feminized, like, beautiful image, when you see people actually successfully, you know, pursuing that generality... I think that's, you know, way more, like, um, erotically interesting. It's, like, way more culturally fascinating. And it um, creates, like, a a reality where transgression can actually exist in in some form. that's what I'm saying, where it's, like, I don't feel like anything is transgressive because there's no fixed, there's no, as we're saying, like, there is no form, like, and uh, that's more, like, my problem, like, I have no problem with, like, uh, like, transgression in that sense. But Mm -hmm. I think it has only, it only has meaning if there's like actually a structure be like to me like i like what was being transgressive like where i grew up like the most transgressive thing uh were like the kids who were like like the homeschool christian kids like those were the kids who like got a lot of shit and like at that time you know so it's like when i was trying to like understand like the other side of the coin or you know like something that was like other than myself like it was really like me trying to understand like the like sort of like conservative, more rural side of America mm-hmm. because I grew up in like the heart of like the progressive stuff where where like it was honestly like in junior high, it was kind of like a cool thing to be like, yeah, I'm like bisexual. 
like that and this was like you know oh, yeah. emo time in like the you know middle 2000s or whatever so like like that wasn't even transgress like that was like, like no one like like what was transgressive then like what was transgressive was um being uh like the kid who's like uh harry potter satanic <laughs> like that that's yeah, like that's the most transgressive thing you could say yeah um like the christians like locked up in the cupboard basically are the are the only people like capable of being like transgressive like the american school system it seems to me as well yeah because i um i imagine i went to high school like a little bit after you like in the early 2010s and uh yeah like the emo thing had already been like uh solidified into an acceptable like cultural role by then like like cutting and like the hairstyle and everything was like already like practiced at that point too so yeah there's like in america there's like so many um inflations of general stereotypes and rules for people that i i completely agree with you about how transgression exists there but in Japan and in Asia, we still have it. We still got it going on, and it can uh, create these uh, really wonderful, glistening moments of uh, a drag queen encased by enormous red lips, um, commenting on this uh, sand, sand, <laughs> sun, sun lotioned man in the sun. So, um, to continue, he then um, finally gives us his poem, and he says, Murakami san, ka. He says, Murakami-san, So, Murakami-san is the other presenter we haven't yeah, yeah, yeah. spoken about. And he is a uh, very normal-looking Japanese man in his 30s, right? He, but the, the twist about him is he's an idol. So, he is uh, a member of Kanjani Eito, which is like a Kansai-based idol group. And uh, he is specifically known for being kind of like the straight man or like the, the normal type of his group. So him in conversation with, like, the, you know, perverse, like, extremely large and uh, really visibly present uh, drag queen is, like, kind of the, the gimmick of the show. But on top of that, uh, we have the, uh, the sun-lotioned man. We have him addressing Murakami, and he says, uh, Murakami-san, issho ni nuru shimasen ka? Which means, uh, let's get slimy together which is the <laughs> suntan lotion obviously but here's like where the the kind of like plot twist happens because like this man i mean he seems you know you kind of identified him as like a mishima character almost yeah, like, yeah, at yeah. first right and you were exactly right because it turns out he's a faggot well i mean like the thing is what's funny to me right is that uh like that sort of expression of hyper masculinity like that's mm-hmm. like getting a closer to um uh like homosexual like hyper masculinity is homosexual like mm-hmm. if you're if you're going for that whereas like like being heterosexual is actually like more effeminate in a way so it's like uh because mm-hmm. it's like you have like like you're not you're interested in like this the other half of experience i guess right of like the feminine or as and like you're attracted to that as opposed to like if you're like a hundred percent man then you'd like be a hundred percent attracted to like you know like other men right and like you uh-huh. only want to be around men. and like that's like the like uh something i think is funny uh in a in like a kind of irony where i was saying like you know if you want to see dudes who look like that it's like they're all over san francisco they're just all gay like you know yeah. like what's a straight dude look like straight dude looks like me like got a beard and a beanie i'm wearing fucking uh-huh. a sh- like a shitty t-shirt i'm like like not caring at all about appearances is like the real like you could say more normative masculine thing is like dad dad bods and like and like being being like like looking like shit kind of 
Yeah, no, totally. You're exactly right. And uh, it's funny because I think in, you know, back home when people imagine the homosexual, you know, they probably still have like that, you know, pre-baked image of like the twirling queen with like nails and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, that that's what's imagined. But it's the exact inverse here in this country where like the um, the more like masculine you present and like the more like work you've done in the gym, like uh, that is what kind of signifies the homosexual. So they, they've like beaten us to it and like realizing that. But at the same time, like uh, when gay men like commit to like the masculine beauty or whatever, um, there's like a performance there, right? Because uh, it's a trying to pass from the realm of the homosexual like into the realm of uh, the perceivably masculine image. Um, and I find that, like, the true, uh, beauty of men, which Mishima also feels, is, like, in, like, the incidental beauty, or, like, in, like, the unpracticed, like, body, or, like, the, the kind of, like, soft, fleshy form. Yeah. And then, yeah. But then, of course, you want to make yourself, like, into the, the, the beautiful, like, a Greek, Grecian figure, of course, but, um, the missing element is always that, like, error of, uh, lack of awareness, right? Well, that's actually what I think is funny, right, in, um, like, what he, the books he wrote, the Tetralogy, right, before he died, like, you know, like, yeah, basically the his... Fertility. Yeah, the Sea of Fertility is kind of, like, him extending the logic of his book out into his own life, where, like, he's mm -hmm. sort of, like, the reincarnation of the, uh, God, it's been a while since I've read it. But the main point I was trying to get at is that the protagonist, like, the real hero, is, like, the judge, like who's like the the main character's friend in the first one but he's like yeah the, like he is that like he's like the like you know smoking cigarettes and like be, being a little overweight like kind of an alcoholic but like very serious about like the law and like not so much a romantic about anything like that mm -hmm. that he's like the real like grounding force in all of those novels and um he's the only character who's like the same throughout all of them so right that, so like in a way where it's like where mishima is like if he, he was he's not even premising himself as like the masculine ideal like he is like the sort of uh the character the sort of the type of man that's like doomed to like die or like commit suicide in some way mm -hmm. like kind of like like burning up from like a passion um he's not like the sober like 45 year old statesman like you know like he could never be that but yeah. he's like this other thing yeah i love his uh, depiction of like honda the judge um because it's it's so it's really gentle despite being, like, a really vicious cry against him, especially, like, in the last two books where he, like, slips into total, like, sexual voyeurism and, like, removes himself as an actor and a sexual element in all capacity and is merely, like, a, a jerking-off person in the park for, like, the last two books. Um, and uh, there's, like, a, an especially, like, disgusting scene where, like, uh, he's, like, watching the Thai princess and his, like, a uh, lesbian uh, cohort lady, like, a... Uh, fucking in the through the wall and uh yeah like he mishima is like so terrified of like that kind of um lack it's of like louis ck engagement yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. like in some ways where it's like it's funny because it's like people uh if you were saying there's like a toxic masculinity as people use it or whatever it's closer right. to something like you know like weinstein type guys or whatever than it is to like these like gym bros or whatever you know like uh, there's always, like, these stereotypes of, um, like, the meatheads being, like, misogynists and things like this. But it's like, no, this is, like, not true. Or, like, you know, or being, like, uh, homophobic or something, too. But I mm -hmm. think it's, like, not, that's really not true. Like, uh, it, it really stems from the sort of uh, mediocre or, like, the middle. Um, that's, like, the real problem is is that. Is, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's the people who, like, basically accept, like, uh, motions, like, uh, the entirety of feminism and then are just, like, in their, like, 30s and are, like, artless and slopping through life. Those are the people who actually can experience enough hate to, like, discriminate against women or something. It's, like, the people who've yeah. totally bought into, like, feminist agenda or, like, neoliberalism, well, it's if like, you want to use that word. It's sort of like, it's like, who who's doing date rape? Is it, like, attractive dudes who, like, no, like, they don't have to do that. They don't need to, like, yeah. they don't need to. Like, they have no desire to. It's really, like, that sort of, a, like, the, the male feminist, like, this sort of fail, like, a, just a failed, like, anything. Like, is kind of just, like, indefinable, even. Kind of sexless, you could even say. Like, mm. and, and that's, like, why I sort of find, um, like, uh, there's, like, a difference to me between, like, the transgenderism, like, the drag, which is, like, kind of formalistic in that sense mm -hmm. and um like a kind of performative and um very much like a, an aesthetic practice and yeah. the like sort of new wave of like non-gender nothing like i'm a mm -hmm. i'm a i'm just nothing like i i don't i i'm not trying to fit into any form i'm just a formless like vessel for whatever like, you know that's what's really more like gross to me mm -hmm. no i totally agree and like um I have been thinking about this a lot recently, um, and, like, you know, as a formalist, as you've identified me, it's, like, I really believe in people, like, if, you know, the, the, most of the stress that comes, like, when you watch, like, a, like, a libs from TikTok video of, like, a, a trans, like, lady, like, freaking out at a, some gas station attendant who, like, misgendered her or whatever, like, um, most of that that comes from, it's, like, you know, if you want to be perceived as something in particular you have to put in the sun and steel work to make it happen yeah. and this is this is true for your transgender identity or for like being the nudu nudu shimasen guy like guy on the beach it's like if you want to make yourself into something you have to do the artistic endeavor of forming yourself into it and you can't just expect it to be basically accepted by the world around you you have to create yourself like in the world so yeah when this is practice you get, like, <laughs> like right. you have to like move it from like your subjective sentiment to like a fact of the world and that requires mm -hmm. like this sort of social relation and it's not one that you can be dictate and be like mm -hmm. you are going to treat me this way that's like the like these people they're like kind of like the date rapists of gender where it's like it's like they, they oh, like good. you know what i mean like they yeah they have to like they, they have to like for like they're they look ambiguous and, like, the average person would be, like, I don't know what the fuck to say. Like, I don't, uh, or they're not even thinking about it. And then they're, like, acting as if uh, they've they've done something purposefully, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's sort of, like, uh, it's that sort of sneakiness that uh, everyone, it kind of rubs everyone the wrong way. Because it's, like, Everybody. obviously, if you tried really hard and you looked like you, like, fucking got decked up and you looked like you looked like you were trying to look like a girl, then people would probably be, like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. But if you just right. look like you and you had just have, like, like uh, lipstick like and a half dress. head shaven and yeah. like a kind of you just you know what i mean like like a colored yeah. hair half shit hair like with like a nose ring and like tattoos and it's like i don't know what the fuck you are like what what are you i don't know so it's like you make a guess and then they'll they're the ones who are ultra pissed right and i mean i think that i honestly like don't really even have like a problem with like the gender goblins honestly it's just like i just uh i want them to be frank and honest about what they're doing it's like you know if you are, like, a, a big fucking perv and it, like, turns you on to, you know, transition or whatever, like, why lie about it? Like, let's just, you know, embrace that and, like, go at yeah, it with, with yeah, yeah. full force. Like, I have no interest in people being deceitful and trying to make up excuses about, like, what they're doing. Like, if you are, like, a total, like, gender-nothing freak, like, why would you... 
why are you trying to like rape reality into like accepting you as something that you're not and you're not even trying to be like this is i completely yeah, agree yeah. with what you're saying i 100% yeah. agree with you on that front too like 100 100,000% it's funny because it's like i'm like i feel like i'm a very like open minded tolerant person mm-hmm. generally but on the internet i'm like considered like like these are the people who like mob me and they're like i'm always being called a transphobe or like a misogynist and things like this and it's like so funny to me because i get along like pretty much with every like like actual like trans person this is true for everybody like Like, any like sane trans person that like exists in the world is like never gonna do the the internet thing to you where they're like i'm gonna fucking kill you you know yeah 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 it's so funny to me because it's like it's like and i think that's true even of like like fucking conservative like these conservatives and stuff Mm -hmm. they they love like maga drag queens like they love that shit they eat it up they They love it it. like what do you and i've gone on about this like at length but conservative men like specifically like love trannies and drag queens and all of it yeah there's like a video of like trump with rudy giuliani in drag very famously Yeah. yeah yeah no they're all into it for sure i um I mean, I think this is kind of an effect of people relocating their identity from the physical realm, like solely into the internet. And yes, like, yes, hundred you know, percent into the like the media, into like basically more so, I would say, into like this sort of like cybernetic, like, uh, like the way like a file structure works, almost in like a mm-hmm. choose your own adventure game, where they're like, where they're like, uh, like insert your pronouns or whatever, <laughs> you know, and then the yeah. narrator will always refer, will just like pull that from the file list. And they're and the, so like they identify with like the way they make make their profiles on the internet. So it's like if you make your profile on the internet, you make it with this Abby. Like you know, you can curate more how people will uh, react to you, how you're presenting yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas in reality, people are going to react to you in ways that you can't have a hundred percent control of. Like or right. you can't necessarily like, and they'll, it'll they might even tell you things about yourself that you don't know about yourself. Like what a horror of that, right? Because, like, mm. this idea of, like, yeah, the one-way dictation of identity where it's, like, I know myself better than anyone ever else possibly could. No one can have any insight into who I am except for me, which is, like, mm. that's, like, radical sociopathy. Like, that's nuts. <laughs> no, absolutely. I just, uh, I, I think specifically, and I've seen this a lot, is people have, like, cards. It's, like, C-A-R-R-D or something, like, pinned, and they like, please read my card, and it, like, has all of the information like you need to know about these people like from their pronouns like uh to the finite like uh, it's their little dog tag it's just like yeah, you exactly. know it's, like, <laughs> it's a little like gender bracelets people wear and they're like oh today i'm like he him today yeah. I'm, like she her it's like no you're on the internet like get off already like i don't want to say like touch grass or whatever but it's like if you are ex- existing only in a, like a cybernetic space like where you are, are like creating yourself like through text of course you're gonna panic when people are discussing like the reality like the real world yeah yeah yeah, like Like, the reality of gender or whatever so of course you're gonna panic and like become a homicidal like norman bates monster online as soon as like that starts happening to you but nonetheless like if these people could learn to you know embrace like do evangelion like learn to embrace the pain get in the fucking suit get in go go to work get a job Mm -hmm. like go fucking suffer like in yeah, the go, real world. Yeah, go die a little bit every yeah. day. And like, yeah, exactly. And, you know, create themselves physically. Like, if you can create yourself, like, the Nurunurushima-senka guy in the video yeah. is, is all connected, then you could absolutely, like, you know, live beautifully as in the way that you want. But not if you're on the internet creating yourself in a cloud, like, in a cloud of zeros just, and ones. Just trying to basically reify your delusion to the point where, like, you can dictate them to the world and then have the world, uh, 
speak it back to you. Just like, it's just mm-hmm. like this, it's not, it's not, it's, it's just narcissism. But like, what's important about like narcissism, like the, the, the myth of Narcissus is that uh, he doesn't fall in love with his own reflection because he doesn't recognize it as his own reflection. He thinks it's something else. He thinks it's mm-hmm. another person. And that's like how this works. Where like, they've created this, like this identity and they fall in love with this, like this, their aesthetic presentation of themselves, but they don't even recognize that it's really something that like they've produced. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. Wow. I knew, I see, I knew this video was like the milk of culture. I knew that this had all of it lurking you can, inside you of can, it. I believe in the radical, like you can get everything from everything. Like any, you mm-hmm. can pull everything out of like a fucking grain of sand. Right. So the video continues. Um, uh, he's he's made his uh, confession that he's attracted to uh, Murakami Shingo, the the host, uh, and he wants to do the suntan lotion get with slimy. him. Right, get slimy. Right, get slimy. Nurunurushimasenka. And finally, uh, the uh, <laughs> the person interviewing him clarifies, like, oh, like, can you really, can you really, is it really fine with men? And he says, oh, I like both, but. He has a especially beautiful face. <laughs> and this is the, the next kind of uh, connection here that, um, you know, when we were speaking earlier about, like, a, the beauty of men and, like, it being, like, in the incidental or whatever, I have always found this actor or this idol, like, Murakami Shingo, to be so beautiful, like, effortlessly beautiful. He has, like, a snaggle tooth. He has, like, a really, like, a clean, like, unsuspecting face and... Um, you know, the Polly and, like, beautiful boy eyes that are, like, always, you know, drifted off towards somewhere, like, uh, you know, thinking and considering a different reality. But whenever I have mentioned this to any woman in the world, they are shocked because they're like, oh, he's the normal member of the group. What are you talking about? But this beautiful man who has manifested himself into suntan power, we see the same beauty here, which I find that is so no funny end. but that, that, that's also like the funny thing where it's like the male understanding of what is like attractive in men is like very different from what women find attractive in men too mm-hmm. so like that is it is funny so like that yeah like that's like sort of like they'll be like gay icons or whatever of like actors yeah. who like women like do not find attractive really like mm-hmm. like who am i trying to think of like i feel like even like marlon brando is kind of like that yeah. or like he was like way more beloved by the gayest than by women like as like a sex symbol or something Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a uh, very true. Like, uh, I don't know. I just, I just prefer like the reality that like homosexuals like dwell in than that of the straight women that I, I've perceived. Um, I mean, in the art that they've made that I've read up to this point, like, uh, I just find like their, you know, cultural maneuvering to be so. Well, it's because they're in power. And when you're in power, mm-hmm. you make garbage. Like, you have to yeah. be actually, like, getting fucked, kind of. You have to be, like... Because then you actually have something to say. Like, if you're in power, you're just talking to yourself. And, like, you're right. talking... And you can't even fundamentally, like, recognize yourself as you are. Like, that's, mm-hmm. like, the, the tragedy of, like, the uh, the ruling class is that, like, they're miserable because they they can't... They, they're not satisfied in themselves. And, uh, you know, they, they don't understand the world because they don't actually have to live in the world they create. So, like, they actually have to get their self-understanding from us like the Mm -hmm. lower classes like we have to we're the ones who produce like the real art that says anything Mm. about the world yeah absolutely i mean i i think that like right now like too like um 
in the last 20 years, there's been, like, a lot of switches, like, between, like, uh, you know, gay men, like, I guess it's 30 years, but gay men coming out of, like, the initial HIV-AIDS epidemic to, like, being at their lowest to, like, accepting, like, uh, the form of homosexuality of, like, uh, acceptable gay Booty marriage. Judge. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, like that. And because, like, that got accepted, like, once again, we're, like, on the bottom rung, and not everyone is, like, tired of homosexuals again. So once again, I think our... our uh, our point of view might be worth something for the first time in like uh, 30 years maybe well it's like i feel like the real like nexus of that is sort of like where like uh why we're even brought together right is in the mm-hmm. sense of like um i guess i'm closer to like the ron paul type guys uh like the like libertarian types or like you know um where they like you know like they like ron paul is no interest he was like they had like no interest in legislating like sexual morality long before it was cool you know, or right. like Ron Paul talking about legalizing drugs on a uh, Texas public television and like getting <laughs> harangued by uh, like Christian pastors and stuff is like, like that that sort of energy like a uh, like a uh, uh, like Austin gay dudes or whatever. Also, you know, that's like that's like a huge vibe on like the the you could call it the right, I guess, on the internet. But I don't mm-hmm. really. I'm I'm getting I'm growing bored of framing things as left and right because it's so oh yeah me as reductive. well. I, I come... I completely understand, and, like, I, I don't know, it's, like, I've been, uh, th- this whole scene has been, like, described as, like, dirtbag left or whatever, and I just can't, I can't identify with any of it anymore, but it is fascinating now, because, I mean, like, you know, if we're talking about, like, Ghost Jail, like, which is a show, like, almost entirely made up of, like, gay men and straight men, like, who would have thought that, like, we both have, like, the same, like, pains about masculinity right now, and, like, honestly, like, the, the best, like, cultural commentators right now, and their, like, worldview are heterosexual men and gay men, like, reconciling with the whatever's going on with the state of machismo, and I find that to be so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, like, I, it's, like, it's kind of just, like, the norm for me, because, like, I don't know, I, like, grew up and, like, had gay friends, like, we know, and, and, like, again, it wasn't, like, a thing anyone gave a shit about, like, literally, mm-hmm. we just, like, wanted it to be, like, out there, like, we were, were more just, like, uh, like, it was just, like, there were people, like, like, there were kids that, like, we, everyone, it, it's so funny, like, guys, I feel like, have way better gaydar than women, also, like, totally. way better, like, I, it's it's very funny to me how many times I'd be like, oh, that guy's gay. And my wife would be like, no, he's not, or whatever. And then he, like, comes out, like, two years later. I was like, yeah, I knew uh-huh. that, like, in two seconds. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, like, so it was like, you know, when we were kids, like, we all knew which who what, which one of us on, like, the lacrosse team was gay or whatever. And, like, no one right. would really care. But it was just, we were more like, just be yourself, bro. Like, we're, like, we're not, like you know, like, don't yeah. lie. Like, we all know. <laughs> No, I, <clears throat> like, uh, a straight girl and I were out at a bar, like, three weeks ago, and there was, like, a guy, like, wearing, like, really, like, short little shorts, and she was like, look, Zach, I told you there'd be gay guys at this bar, and I'm like, no, that guy's like, that's gay. just, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. European, and then she's like, no, I will bet you, like, a drink, like, I will buy you a drink if he's not gay, and I'm like, well, I will go ask him and tell you, and you know who was right? It was me, like, Chi Chi was right as usual, <laughs> like, he was of just course. fucking European, yeah, of course. Yeah. They, like, it's so, that's one of the funniest things to me, is, like, women literally have no ability to, like, they, they have no idea, like, I I don't even know what criteria, it's not even criteria, you just know, it's just funny, like, I, I've, I've, I've never been confused about where someone was on that, (laughs) like, in my life, like, if I've met them in real life, you know? Right. Well, it's, it's exciting to me to, like, see, like, the, the male vision and, uh, registry of reality, uh beginning to mean a make something meaningful again and i i see that in this video where uh 
the the beautiful male eye uh, triumphs over the feminine to describe Murakami Shingo as hot, which is just merely true. So, <laughs> well, I do, I do think that's actually like the subaltern thing, though, is like, is like mm-hmm. men are actually like worse off than women on average in this country, and that's like something no one. That's like one of that's like the most hot rail fucking thing you could say, like third rail thing. But it's like mm-hmm. obviously true. I'm like, as soon as you're like, okay, like most liberals or whatever, their their brains like they're are scrambled when you say that. But then if you go like, well, black men are like, I think about how fucking shitty it is to be a black man in this country. Yeah, it's like, is it harder for black women than black men? Like, look at the prison statistics. You know what I mean? Like the objective, like real suffering of people right. is mostly borne by men in this country, and that's not something that anyone says. Like, except for you know people like us. So yeah, <laughs> so we we pierced a feminine swamp uh, with this uh, beautiful idol of a man and his uh, sun tanned lotion as he uh, tells the commentators that he uh, can do either men or women. And then finally, at the very end, in my the, one of the most touching videos is a uh, Murakami locked in his little uh, box in the corner of the TV screen, the protesting Yamate, and like no stop as uh, he says he really wants to get slimy with mr murder (laughs) (laughs) and if that's like not the the most uh, beautiful little homosexual tragedy at the very end is the the protesting straight man as he tries to squirm away from a this ascendant that just says to me that he probably is gay yeah absolutely otherwise it'd be flattered right No, because like like the real heterosexual men like we love being like homoerotic all the time like that's like the joke like you know like it's like an inside thing. Like, even if you know the person's gay, like, you're just, like, just, like, you play it up as if you would be, too, even though like, both people know they're not, right? Like, right, he, if right, he was right, actually right. straight, he would have been like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, look at that hunk. Like, that's what a yeah. straight guy would have said. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. And instead, he kind of reduces himself to, um, like, a, a squealing, mewling, like, bottom being. Like, no, like, no, <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> because uh, th- this summer as well, like, I remember... Um, like at my my birthday party, uh, one of um my friends, like a bartender friends, had been like hitting on me like the whole night. A very straight guy. Yeah. And I was not in drag or anything, so nothing nothing uh, you know, mysterious going on there. But of course he was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like we're gonna make out a little bit. I'm gonna compliment you all night because like he you know he he knows the truth. And so what we really get is a uh, a registration of my uh, favorite idol is actually a homosexual, and this is a complete triumph for me. Yeah, there we go. We won. We won something for you in this podcast. Yeah, I uh, I really appreciate anyone who can uh, go with me through something so small, thirty seconds, and and mine it for endless culture. And um, you know, initially, I think when I first encountered your uh, posting, as it would you know, operate into my timeline, there's a a gut instinct in everyone to kind of be like. Ah, he knows so much about this and uh, you know it's a lot of the harumph or whatever but if you give in um i think you can find out of any esotericism and uh complete dives into something specific uh the entire gamut of reality this is this is what william blake said right he said the the specific detail alone is genius right like the everything is about the hyper specific it's about the outline it's about drawing the line it's about the specificity of it like generalizations are for idiots um, you have to be as specific, like specificity is where all you 